What's up, everybody? Uh, real quick, before we get to this week's podcast episode, I want to remind you that the Off-Market Multifamily Deals course is live, and I highly recommend you check it out if you are a multifamily investor that is looking to find more discounted off-market deals. Um, the entire course is designed to help you build a robust pipeline of off-market deals through marketing, prospecting, and uh, relationship development. And we're incredibly proud of what we've put together in that course. So if that's something that you are interested in, check out the link in the show notes. But without further ado, let's get to this week's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a quick solo episode because I just want to describe what a real estate syndication is um, to everybody who's listening. And I receive a lot of questions from investors, from folks on Instagram, uh, really from a lot of folks that are a little fuzzy on what syndication is as a strategy in investing in real estate. And then they want to learn more about the typical deal structure that uh, is behind a real estate syndication. So I'm going to start with describing it, talk about you know the standard deal structure, and then make a couple of comments as well. But um, at a high level, uh, syndication is not just specific to real estate, right? The act of syndicating capital, which is basically pooling money together from a lot of different investors, is something that folks are doing to buy businesses, to buy real estate, um, to buy really any kind of asset, right? I mean, we're just talking about it in a real estate context here, but but syndication isn't specific to real estate. It's just a word that describes how people pull together money to buy some kind of investment. And um, in real estate syndication specifically, you typically have two players, right? You have the general partner of partners, also known as the sponsor or the operator, uh, the active investor. And then the other party in these transactions is the limited partners or the passive investors or the investors in the deal, as they're known, commonly referred to. And um, I'll talk about what the roles and responsibilities are of both, the benefits of both, and then I'll get into structure. But from a high level, um, you know, the, the GPs, the sponsors, the operators, the active investors have a lot of different kind of roles and responsibilities within uh, a deal where there's uh, capital being raised and there's two parties like this. And typically, the GP is res responsible for finding the deal, right? Sourcing the opportunity, underwriting the deal, completing due diligence on the actual transaction, on the acquisition, um, finding a lender and arranging the financing, developing the business plan for the property, uh, finding investors, and then raising capital from those investors. And they're also responsible for asset management on an ongoing basis and making sure the property runs smoothly. So managing the construction, working with the property management team, uh, all of all of those different uh, tasks within that bucket. They're responsible for investor relations. They're responsible for deciding when to refinance the property, sell the property, whatever. And I mean, that's you know that that's not everything, but it's a pretty inclusive list of what a general partner is responsible for. So there's obviously a lot of different roles for the GP in a deal. Now. Conversely, the limited partner isn't responsible for too much. Um, you know, they're basically just writing a check and investing in the deal. And the benefits that a passive investor receives are some kind of passive income or ongoing distributions. Um, so, you know, that's capital being distributed out to investors uh, from the operations of the property. So, could be monthly, could be quarterly, could be semi-annually. Right? There's any different number of ways that's handled. Quarterly is pretty standard in the business, but they're entitled to distributions. They're receiving a share of the tax benefits because they're a partner 
in the piece of real estate. They have equity in the deal, so they're getting exposed to the tax benefits from real estate ownership, um, which I'm not going to go into in this episode because that's a whole other conversation, but they are exposed to that. Um, they, they can diversify their real estate investments a little bit. Maybe they're investing in different markets or in different types of real estate and different asset classes. And most importantly, it's a hassle-free investment. You know, they don't have to do all of the things that I just mentioned that the GP is doing. They just have to write a check and there's no ongoing time commitment on their part. So, um, you know, in exchange for doing that, obviously the general partners need to get compensated for that. And, you know, I'll get into that in a second. Um, but there's also some downside to being a, a passive investor, right? Um, downside is typically that um, you don't, you know, there's no control really. If you're investing passively in a deal, unless you're like the one large investor in a deal and you can negotiate some kind of decision making rights or control provisions, you're typically not going to have any control over what happens with the deal. You're investing in the deal and the GPs are running the deal and dictating what happens with the deal. Um, and you're also not investing in a liquid type of asset, right? Uh, real estate inherently is not liquid. And then even on top of that, passively investing in a syndication or, um, a deal where capital is being raised in this capacity, it's not liquid, right? You can't really just wake up and decide you want your money back because that has implications on the deal itself. So investing in these types of opportunities comes with the assumption that, your capital will be invested and you're only expected to receive capital back via distributions or some kind of return of capital, right? A refinance or a sale. Now, there's all types of conversation around do you need to be accredited? Do you not need to be accredited? And some of the you know the components there. I'm not going get to get into that in this episode because I want this just to be a very fundamental overview of real estate syndication. But if you're interested in learning more about that piece of it, you know, check out our website, alignedrep.com. And we have a whole frequently asked questions area that gets into that. Now, um, I'm always asked about like the deal structure. Like how are these deals typically structured from a financial and a legal standpoint? And there's really one um, commonly used structure that that the vast majority of real estate syndications follow, Right. Um, or just any types of deals where there's somebody raising money from an investor. Uh, this is also known as real estate private equity or just private equity in general. Um, and there's any, there's any kind of different terminologies used here, but I'm just going to use the most commonly used terminology. So typically in these deals, there's some kind of preferred return that is paid to investors, which is a non-guaranteed rate of return that the investors are due before the sponsor starts to make any money. Um, and then typically there's a GP slash LP split above that preferred return. So oftentimes in the business, you can see anywhere from like a six to an 8% preferred return. And then maybe anywhere from a 50, 50 to an 80, 20 split above that. Right. Um, and typically the GPs are receiving less of the upside than the LPs tip. That's typical, right? That's not always, but that's kind of, that's normal. Right. And what's commonly seen is like a 70, 30, right? Where above the preferred return, the investors are receiving 70% of the proceeds and the GP or GPs are receiving 30%. So if I'm going to use an example, let's say you have a deal um, that requires a million dollars in capital to buy. Um, so you get, you know, uh, pull together 20 investors that all invest 50 grand and you got your million dollars. Let's say this deal has a 70-30 split above a 7% preferred return. So the first 7% of, of, of uh, actual cash flow distributions goes to the investors. 
So the first 70 grand that is distributed from this deal to investors goes to the limited partners. And then anything above that is split 70-30 between the um, the GPs and the LPs, right? So let's say the deal distributes $80,000 one year. So the first 70 goes to satisfy the preferred return. And then you have an extra 10 grand there um, that is actually triggering the promote, as we call it. That's the technical term in the business for when you're actually getting into the promote calculations. So in this situation, that extra 10 grand, seven grand is going to go to the limited partners and three grand is going to go to the general partners. Now, let's say that we own this deal for a few years, three, four years, and uh, it's time to sell it. We've, we've executed our value add. We've created all this value, and now we want to sell and, and uh, realize the value that we've created. So we, uh, we go out there and sell it, and we make a million dollars. And uh, so now we have $2 million in equity that we're going to be distributing back to the investors. So the first million goes to the limited partners until they get all of their money back. So, you know, that's that million dollars going to the limited partners. And now we have a million dollars in profit left over. And we basically divvy that up based on the GP or LP split. So in this situation, 70% of that, which is $700,000, goes to the limited partners, depending on how much you invested. So it's split pro rata. So it's prorated based on what all the investors contributed to the deal. So that's that 700 grand goes to the investors. And the other 300 grand, which is the GP's part of that, goes to the general partners. And um, and that's their compensation for for doing all of the work that, that I talked about earlier um, in this recording. Just the finding the deal, the asset management, the managing the construction, managing the PM, uh, signing on the debt, guaranteeing the loan, all of these different things. That's how they're compensated for doing all of this work. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a really typical structure. And then it can get a little bit more complicated above and beyond that, where maybe there's different hurdles as they're called. Um, you know, so maybe there's, uh, there's one split until the investors are in 15% IRR or return on their money or something along those lines. And then there's another split, right? to where the GPs start to make a little bit more money. And there's different hurdles along the way in terms of how the distributions are calculated. Um, so there's, you know, you can start getting into more complex structures, but what I talked about is like the real fundamental foundation of how these deals are structured, the real simple way. Now, on top of that, sometimes um, operators or sponsors or general partners will also charge fees to compensate them for all the work they're doing. So common fees are acquisition fees, or asset management fees, um, you know, acquisition fee is paid at closing uh, to compensate the general partner for doing all of the work to find the deal, get it, get it put together, financed, um, and closed. And you know, an acquisition fee could be anywhere from one to three percent. Um, and then you have asset management fees could be anywhere from one to three percent or so, and that's paid out on a quarterly basis, typically either as a percentage of revenue. Or as a you know, it, or or it's calculated based on how much equity was raised for the deal, how much capital was raised. Sometimes you have um, capital event fees, as they're called. So you have a fee at refinance, compensating the GP for doing all the work to get the refinance closed, or a disposition fee, which is paid at sale. Again, compensating the GP or the sponsor for doing all the work to get the property sold. Um, those can range anywhere from one to two percent, something like that. So. Um, sometimes there's fees as well, and that's another way that a GP can compensate themselves for doing everything to to, to get these deals done. Um, you know, in our business, we typically just charge an acquisition fee and and, and nothing else because it's simple and easy to track and easy to communicate. 
But uh, it's important to note that that is a pretty standard part of these deals as well. So that's really like real estate syndication, real estate private equity, um, you know, passively investing in a deal kind of 101. And um, I think it's important to understand that before you either go out there and passively invest or if you're an active investor, you should understand how deals are typically structured in the business so that you know how to structure yours. Uh, If you found this helpful, please leave the podcast a rating and review. And if you would like to get on our email list to take a look at our opportunities when we're actually going out there and raising money for our deals, uh, head to alignedrep.com slash invest and uh, fill out just a couple of the very simple information fields there and you'll be on our list. But thanks again for listening to the podcast and I'll catch you guys next week.